Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Patrick Ellers is Mega Man in Mega Man 11, the movie. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We have got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news in the week, including Skybound Games resurrecting The Walking Dead and the announcement of that Mega Man movie. And then on Thursday, come back because we are going to be predicting the Switch revision. We're going to be predicting it. Mark, with what degree of certainty do you think we're going to predict this thing? A hundred degree percent. One hundred degree percent. You heard it <laughs> here. There is no way that we're going to get less than a hundred degree percent. Um, I feel bad. I feel like we started the show off with like two pretty like cheesy jokes. Uh-huh. Uh, the first being the Mega Man one and the second one being uh, Skybound resurrecting the Walking Dead. I feel like we're writing newspaper headlines here. <laughs> something fishy's going down to the local fish market, but that's just the way they like it. <laughs> like something like that? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Just, just like that. Um, so that's, that's, what, that's what we're bringing to the, that's the energy we've got today, right? <laughs> yeah. How, how are you feeling, Mark? I mean, we're, we'll see how that unfolds. Oh, sure. You think it's going to uh, like support buoy us through the rest of the yeah, show? Yeah, maybe it'll escalate to like by the end. Like, <laughs> we're just speaking entirely in puns. Um, I like that you said escalate as though it was a pun. <laughs> what, what you don't know is Mark and I do record this in an elevator, not an escalator. <laughs> That's right. It all makes sense. Oh, Mark. Someday. We're falling apart. Here's what, here's, here's what we would like. And here's what would help. 100 degree percent. 100 degree percent. Here's what would Strong pull us. start. <laughs> Here's what would pull us back together, and would we would feel good about ourselves if this uh, were true. You should be our friends on Nintendo Switch. Yes, this is our anchor. Right. This is the only every day I log on to the Switch. That's I log on to it. That's it's a dial-up modem, um, and I see do I have any friend requests today? The days that I have friend requests, I go outside. I go for a walk. I have a nice breakfast. I'm a productive member of society. The days that I do not have a friend request. Back in bed. Yeah, you don't even call in sick to work. You just don't I show just up. I just lose that job. Yeah, that's it. It's done. How do you cope with days where you don't get friend requests on Switch? <sighs> we all manage in our own way. Yeah. We won't go any deeper into that then, I suppose. Um, so our, our friend codes, because that's something that we still need to uh, do and share, is have a code that starts with an SW. It's in the description of this episode, so be friends with us. Um, we like that. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society, and we're also on Facebook. You can find us there. Um, but you can also email us. We've got an email address, and this is an email address we've been using for some time. It's Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And you can, uh, you can hit us up with whatever you're concerned about, concerned with. How, what's the preposition I should use there? Do you know what? I feel like I, I'm still hearkening back to 100 degree percent, and it's like, I don't think I should take a stab at that right I'm now. Sorry, you're I don't think I'm sorry. You're the, shook. I, I, didn't I, mean, <laughs> I didn't mean to throw you so, so much, Mark. Uh, but you can also look, if you use that email address, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail you can try to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. 
Mark, you remember Sonic Forces? I do. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a game on the Switch starring Sonic the Hedgehog and your personal avatar. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary, I think, of the release of Sonic Forces. That's right. And therefore, almost the one-year anniversary of us beginning this borrowing program where I send my copy around the globe. It's been outside of the country, but not outside of North America. Make that happen. Who? I, anybody. I don't know that I want to pay for shipping outside of the country. It'd be worth it for the story. <laughs> All right. You got me. Um, if you want to borrow it, send an email with your physical address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And while you're doing that, you should send a separate email because that makes Patrick's life easier. Thank you. With your pick for the eight best NES games of all time, because we're going to be doing a definitive ranking on November 8th, which means you have less than a month to get your picks in. That's right. While everyone else is hounding you about registering to vote, don't forget to register to vote. You should definitely do that. Uh, We are going to hound you about voting for your eight favorite NES games. Okay? So get those into us. And look, Mark and I will, will make bad decisions if you don't help us. And just something else to keep in mind. <laughs> you can only have one game per series. That's right. Only one. So you want to put The Adventures of Lolo on there? You're not putting The Adventures of Lolo 2 on Don't there. even try. Yeah, I mean, like, go for it. We'll swatch you down. I would love, I would love to get... You don't have the guts. <laughs> I bet you couldn't if you're too weak to suggest that. What's that email address again? Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. And let's hope that this segment is like turning over a new leaf. Yeah, cause it's been pretty hairy so far. Also, that wasn't a, a, a clever transition where neither of us have been playing Animal Crossing New Leaf. Maybe the next segment. <laughs> NES Switch Online. Yes. Uh, so this past weekend, I had a little bit of time, and uh, I was kind of in a leisurely mood. So I was playing Super Mario Brothers 3. Delightful. Delightful game. And uh, I think... Normally, when I play this or any of the other Mario Brothers games, because I'm very familiar with them, I am just like, oh, let's see how fast I can beat this. Like, I'm trying to, like, speed through everything. Yeah. And I wasn't doing that. I was, like, I'm leisurely making my way through Super Mario Brothers 3. So, like, you did it with no agenda and no goal. You were right. just like, I just want to experience what this game has to offer. And I'd, like, set it down, go do something else, come back, play, like, a level or two, and then just, like take my time with it instead of trying to mainline it. And I'm finding that to be very enjoyable. Um, Did I tell you about a couple months ago when my buddy John and I tried to get as far as we could in Mario 3 without using the run button? Oh, no. I can't remember if we talked about that. I, I I don't remember if we did. Um, It turns out there are several places in the game where you absolutely need to use it. So, I don't know. <laughs> it lasted until about World 2 where... Uh, uh, the the pyramid part of World Two, um, you, there are just blocks you have to break, like that are vertical, so you can't get under them to break them. You just have to uh, carry like either a shell up there and throw them, uh, or hit it with a with the tail. But all of that is using the B button. Oh sure. Oh, so it's not just running; it's using that button at all. You can't throw fireballs. You can't swing that tail around. You can't run, and you can't pick up stuff. Yeah. Huh. That doesn't sound like that much fun. Here's the thing. When you could do it, it was 
fun or at least like an interesting way to like repackage uh, a game that you have played a bunch of times um but yeah it is slower i won't argue with you there and yeah you can't run so you also can't fly like there's a lot you can't do uh i'm i've also been checking out arena of valor yeah tell me about that so i actually played it last week when it first came out but forgot to talk about it um it's a free-to-play moba i guess if you've ever played league of legends or have heard of league of legends or are familiar with it at all this is basically league of legends right um but i'm having a ton of fun i played some league of legends but i never had like a i like i had a mac and it was an older macbook and so it never ran that well yeah um but what i played of it i enjoyed and i have been Again, this is basically just League of Legends, and right. I've been enjoying it. It's fun. It's fun to jump in for like um, a session or two, play a couple of games. I mean, it's the same way that I've enjoyed Paladins or Fortnite, where it's like it's not occupying a ton of my time, but I'm yeah. really enjoying being able to hop into these free-to-play games, play a few rounds, um, hop out. The other thing for specifically like Arena of Valor is that. I never played a lot of PC games, so anytime you had to use like keyboard and mouse for gaming, yeah, I was bad at it. Well, it becomes overwhelming. Like you think about how many co- buttons are on a controller, right? And you're like, oh, like sixteen or something. That's a lot of buttons. But then you've got a keyboard. Keyboard's so, got like a hundred <laughs> buttons on it. So Arena of Valor, it's um optimized for consoles, if nothing else. Yeah. Like I am finding it much easier to wrap my head around the controls because. The options are limited. Yeah. How are you finding, like, the level of competition that you're uh, encountering uh, online? Um, I have... A l- look, I mean, like, I'm not... You're a, a super savant, el- of course. <laughs> I'm not a super elite player. Um, but I have found it to be fine. Like, I, per- I end up winning more than I lose, but by, like, a small margin. Yeah. Um, so it seems fairly well-balanced. I... Uh, the game is a little buggy. It seems better this week than it did the initial week when I oh. like first downloaded it. Um there were just like things that were missing. Like there like when you're waiting it for load, there'll be uh like there aren't a lot of loading screens, just like a little like tidbit about the game or like a helpful hint or tip or something. Press and the it, pause button to pause the game. Exactly. But instead there would just be error messages occasionally. <laughs> Or sometimes, like, the background image... 505, tip not found. ...did not load. And so it was just, like, a... Clearly had been blown up way uh, bigger than the resolution of the image itself. Just, like, a question mark. Because it was like, oh, this image was just not found. Oh, no. And they didn't account for this. Um, The game itself, once you got into it that first week, was totally fine. There were just a lot of those hiccups. I didn't experience that at all this week. So maybe they cleared up cleaned all that up does it mean that that's it's pulling those like tips and stuff from like the server and they're not actually like in in the game well like, i miss- as downloaded on your switch yeah i i i uh, seemingly we that's so weird i mean it, and it didn't do it every like sometimes yeah. it displayed it correctly just yeah. like occasionally it wouldn't um so i realized when i said press press the pause button to pause the game i think that's a joke that's actually in uh the south park game that like as it's loading it gives you like joke tips um like super obvious video game tip like talk to all the people in the town to hear what they have to say 
<laughs> um, so I, uh, I've been playing Super Mario Party, which I did pick up on Friday um, because I was at Lake Arrowhead with some friends for the weekend for uh, Ryan Mogi's birthday. Um, and so we, we got together and played some of Super Mario Party, which uh, there are so many different like, ways to approach what Super Mario Party has to offer. Um, that there's like uh, it doesn't matter like what group of people you're with like you're going to find a way that people are going to um, like want to engage with it. Um, we spent uh, we spent probably most of our time doing the raft uh, game where you're like going down a river uh, in a raft together, um, and the uh, the four players, the four characters, have to like row this boat um, and navigate this river. Uh, in uh, enough, like you have a certain amount of time and you pop balloons to play mini games to get more time. Um, And all the mini games are cooperative uh, and all of that leads to, you know, it's, it's, I I really like the cooperative element of that. Um, Just because, you know, like it's, it's fun to do the sort of competitive stuff where you're screwing each other over and, um, you know, like actually playing the board game, but it's, uh, you know, nice to not be like at your friend's throats the whole time or like to be yelling at them because like they're not pedaling the right way or steering the way that like everyone is just shouting at each other, right? Um, and there's this one, <laughs> there's one mini game in particular in the, in the rafting game where um, all four characters are standing around like a fishing net and you all have to like yank the controllers up at the same time to like, throw like fish cheap cheeps out of the water um and the you, it, it's it's the most like precise timing on any like motion thing in the game um and because you all just have to do it at the exact same time um and so you have to like you just get into this like rhythm of chanting like and go and go and soon everyone in the room is like chanting and go um and yelling at each other i i really really had a great time uh playing super mario party um it I think requires a room full of people, which may, maybe isn't a surprise or maybe, you know, if you want to get Super Mario Party to play by yourself, don't. Um, if you want to get it to play online, don't. Um, it is a party game first and a Super Mario game second. Yeah, it's that is the one thing that has really stopped me from picking it up. Yeah. Because I just, I know that in my life, I don't have a lot of opportunities uh to like play these party games with a large group with a large group of people because the other thing is that like these sorts of games are only fun if people are like invested in playing it yeah like if they want to be playing it yeah well and i was with a competitive bunch this weekend um the people that all wanted to like play and all wanted to win and who all took it personally when they didn't win or or when they did win like uh it was good it, yeah, it was great in that context. And also, here's, I guess, another thing to point out is uh, don't bother getting this to play by yourself, but also make sure you have two sets of Joy-Con because that's the only mm. controller that will work with this because it switches back and forth, uh, you know, between using it like an NES controller and using it like a uh, Wiimote, right? Um, and so there's no other controller support. Is for the maximum amount of people that can play at yeah. a time? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, and I'm, I, if if like the board game were any more than that, it would start to be like kind of too long between turns. Oh, really? For sure, that makes um, sense. So, but I mean, you know, at the end of every set of turns, there is a mini game to play, um, and they're all fun too. Uh, you know, w- one of the other things that we did this weekend was just play uh, Seinfeld Seen It, 
So like, and the way the the version I've seen it where you just put the disc in and just like make it do free play and just like shout at the TV. There was just a lot of shouting this weekend, right? <laughs> um, and as you're going through that, you realize there are a bunch of like games within seen it that you're like, this is a stupid game. I don't really want to play the one where like they've erased the character from the like. Who cares, right? Um, but there were no mini games that we encountered that we were like, I don't really like this one. They were all fun. They were all frantic. They all felt good and uh, like challenging in their own right. Um, I, I think this is a really good, not that I'm uh, super well-versed in the entire Mario Party series, but uh, I had way more fun with it than I expected to. That's awesome. Uh, I have also been playing Mega Man 11, um, but not as much as I would like. Uh, the game is good. It is hard. I mean, this is something that we've said uh, about Mega Man games and something that I said about it when the demo came out and when I played it at E3. Um, the game is hard, and it remains hard. I've defeated two of the robot bosses, um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I like the game a lot. I think it's uh, beautiful. You saw a little bit of it. Yeah, this is the first time I actually have seen it on, like, a big TV and in, like, high resolution. And, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the designs are all, like, really good and cartoony, and they all really pop. Um, the level that I was just in when you came over is, uh, was Torchman's level. And, um, well, uh, you know, I've, I've read the criticism of, of this game that some of the robot masters are, like, a little samey to what's come before. Torchman is, you know, uh, there was Fireman in the first game, and then there's Heatman, and, you know, whatever. Those, those same sorts of ideas are going to come back up over and over again. But his level is a campsite um, that uh, every now and then catches on fire. So, like, it's got so much character to the level itself. If the robot masters are maybe lacking in a little bit, um, the levels themselves all look like something very interesting and have, um, like, the sort of passive storytelling in a way that I don't remember Mega Man games having before. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait to, um, like, dig in deeper and um you know really try to like make a push for um you know really beating it like right now i'm kind of just like sampling levels and seeing where i can make some headway um it also means that i've been collecting a ton of screws during that time which is the currency that you can use to buy energy tanks and extra lives so as soon as i'm like okay now i'm going to make my real play for torch man i'm going to load up on those <laughs> extra items and then just go in there and stomp them so i'm very excited about uh the the my future with Mega Man 11. Mark, are you ready to get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week? Yes. <laughs> you nodded. <laughs> I love it. All right. Today, October 9th, Mark of the Ninja Remastered is coming out. Now, I have to admit that I confused this a little bit with The Messenger. Oh, it is not The Messenger. And it's also not Wrath of the Black Manta, which is what I confuse it with. Which is an old NES game. If it appears on our list of eight best NES games, we've all failed. <laughs> um, do we know? Do you know anything about Mark of the Ninja? Um, it's one of the original indie games. I think. I think it showed up on like the Xbox Arcade back in the day, and then this is a um, remaster of it. Okay, so it's it's one of those uh, like elder statesmen of the indie genre finally making. Yes, its way to I believe so. Uh, oh, and then tomorrow, October 10th, those NES games for uh, NES Switch Online mm -hmm. are coming out. So Solomon's Key, NES Open Tournament Golf, and Super Dodgeball. Uh, I'm interested in playing all of those games. 
but the only one I've ever actually played before is Super Dodgeball. Do you know what I'm interested in is hmm. how is the uh, like homepage for the NES Switch Online going to update with only three games? Are they just going to have like empty spaces? That's a good question. Are they going to be huge? Because like, uh, you know how the like right now it's what is it like three rows and they're not all the same number of games. So like one row is like taller oh. and like because there are fewer games in it. Oh, I it, didn't realize that that's how that was working. Did you know that you can reorder what that list? Yeah, you can like grab one and just like move it around if you want. I did not know that. So, who knows? <laughs> Certainly not me. Mm-hmm. And then on Thursday, October 11th, Child of Light Ultimate Edition is coming out. This is the first time Child of Light has shown up on Switch, right? This I believe the, so, yes. The, like Ubisoft um, R- 2D RPG type thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then on Friday, October 12th, Luigi's Mansion 3DS and The World Ends With You Final Remix on Switch. Um, what of these games are you interested in picking up? So I Mark? think I'm buying the world ends with you final remix. Yeah. Um, I am guessing I'm going to play mostly in handheld mode with like the touch controls. Yeah. Uh, as God intended. I'm, I, so I'm excited to finish the world ends with you. Um, I don't know. I'm also kind of maybe waiting to see what reviews are like because this game is available in so many different iterations yeah. that if the Switch one turns out to be not that great, I will just buy it a lot cheaper on iOS. I do think it's funny that you're waiting for it to come out on Switch, though. Well, I just want to make sure that it's a... It might be the definitive version. I guess I'm know. willing to pay... Wait a second. Am I a sucker? Uh, Yes. <laughs> Mark, we're both suckers, obviously. What about you? Are you getting Luigi's Mansion on 3DS? I don't think so here's the thing i was uh, there was a uh second where i was excited about it where i was like "Ooh, i can get into luigi's mansion and then i was like i didn't even finish dark of the moon why wouldn't i just play that it's got more mansions in it yeah which some people don't like hmm some people do not like the multiple mansions of dark of the moon here's the thing if you want to just play one mansion you could you can you don't have to play the whole thing that, I guess that's what I worry uh, about, is that the original Luigi's Mansion uh, is a cool game, but it is pretty short, right? That's my memory of it, yes. Like, you can get through it in, like, four or five hours, which I guess then I'm done with the game and I can move on. Which is very rare. It's very rare. It's move, like... Moving on. <laughs> All right, great. Speaking of moving on, Mark, let's move on. And now it's time for a regular segment on this, on this show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not, uh, not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, we're talking about hats today. Uh, you purchased a hat at Lake Arrowhead. I did purchase a hat. At what would you call this type of hat? So this is uh, the indie hat. This is the hat that the Indiana Jones hat is modeled on. It is a Pendleton hat. Oh, okay. Uh, I tried it on in the store. It's an extra large because I have a bulbous head. Um, but I tried it on in the store, and it looked, Mark, great on me. And I was like... Colin, do you see this hat? And he was like, oh, my God, you have to buy... This is my Colin impression, I guess. Uh, he said, you had to buy that hat. Um, and, you know, we were talking about it, and, like, 
the hat was kind of expensive, right? Um, well, it's a Pendleton. It's a Pendleton. Uh, and we're like, oh, you know, does it, like, these items over here are on sale. Does that sale also hit this hat? Um, it didn't, did it? Well, here's the thing. The salesman came up, and I was like, does this hat, is it on sale with the rest of this stuff? And he's like, no, but we saw you trying it on. <laughs> and offered me the 30% discount on it. And so I had to. I <laughs> had like to. It's like a used car dealer. What do I have to do to get you? <laughs> you look great in that hat. What do I have to do to get you in that hat? Here's the thing. I do look you great do. in this hat. I mean, you do. You really do. You pull it off. See, I do not wear hats. Not at all. No, my head is just, it's not shaped for it. I mm. have a very, uh, I am, It's a, I have a small head. Yes. And it's uh, thin. And hats are just not made for that. Right. Hats are made for round heads. Yes. Not uh, cylinders. That's right. <laughs> you're, you're like Bert and I'm like Ernie yeah, in, this, yeah, yeah. in this regard. Yeah. Ab- no, absolutely. Um, so has there never been a hat that you... Uh, that No, don't get me wrong. I have purchased hats in mm. you know the dim hope that in- this would be the hat that looks good on me. It does not. At one point, I purchased a hat very much like this one, and I looked terrible <laughs> in it. The, the thing that I worry about with this hat is that I don't think it works with every like article of clothing. Like I think I had to dress a little bit for the hat. Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, and so like, I started to go through my wardrobe in my mind, not physically. I'm not... I'm a maniac, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that kind of maniac just yet. Um, and yet like, maybe yet. this is like a twilight zone episode and like the hat drives Ooh. you to a mania i love it but it's what a good mania that would be that just makes me like pick out the clothes that make me look like indiana jones and separate separate them from the clothes that don't make me look like indiana jones and say i don't need these non-indiana jones clothes ever again yeah a lot of earth tones are in your future i think yeah i think that's probably right um I think I own some earth tones, so it should be okay. Now, I'm trying to picture other hats that you own. Uh, beanies, for sure. Yeah, but I wear those in the wintertime when it's cold, uh-huh. and we don't always get that here. Well, it gets L.A. cold. Like, you could definitely wear it if you wanted to. Yes. And people wouldn't be like, that's crazy. Right, right. Well, especially because, like, you know, people will use any opportunity to, like, wear boots right like or yeah and as soon as as soon as it hits 70 degrees i'm like getting my jackets out <laughs> right. like getting my coats out <laughs> right all right we uh, this we're already maniacs i guess is, is what we're saying so yeah i have those and then i have two uh like baseball style hats um one that i bought at a uh a surf shop in hawaii called strong current and i bought it when i was living there but refused to wear it until after i left um and then another one which is a baseball hat with the uh, logo or the mascot for the Chunichi Dragons, which is a Japanese baseball team that I think has a cute mascot. Have you ever bought like a novelty hat from like Disneyland or an mm, other like with the ears? Park? You mean? Or? Yeah, or you know, just like any of those hats that you are going to maybe wear while you're there, but will never wear ever again. I don't think I've ever bought one like that, but like. You know, I'm not above putting on a Burger King crown on my head or like, a, you know, the, the paper hat that they give you at like uh, Johnny Krispy Rockets. <laughs> Do they give you uh, at, at Krispy Kreme? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, those are maybe one of the few hats <laughs> that look okay on me because I, I, you know, like I could have been a soda jerk in the 50s. Sure. I'm like spindly. 
I mean, I think if you... You need large, like, arachnid arms right? to, you know, like, pull the levers. <laughs> uh, I think if you applied yourself, you could still be a soda jerk today. Ugh, but then it would be at, like, a uh, novelty, you know... Oh, sure, like, say by the Max. The say sure. by the Sure, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or, you know, like, one of those, I don't know, like, on Larchmont or something. <laughs> I find Larchmont to be very pleasant. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spend any real time there. It's That's more like a, a place you go when... Well, oh, well, I guess we'll never know. I guess we will never know. Uh, we were accompanied today by an ensemble at the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix. Okay, Mark, let's get into the news. Yesterday, October 8th, Drinkbox Studios surprised released... Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, the original version of the game came out on the PS3 and the Vita back in 2013. Uh, and it's out on most other platforms right now. But uh, now it's out on Switch as well. Did we know that this was coming? We just didn't know the date? No, came out of nowhere. So the sequel had been announced though, right? Not for Switch. Oh, for the some sequel reason I came out. The sequel came out on PlayStation Four uh, like a month ago. Gotcha. Um, and it, uh, I really liked this this first game, uh, and played it on my Vita, uh, back in the day. And uh, when the second one was announced, I saw it at PSX last year. Um, and was like, oh, that's cool. I'm excited about it. I wish it was on a platform that I could take with me, um, and play portably because that's how I experienced the first one. And then when it came out on PlayStation Four, I just skipped it. Um. Because I was like, well, I don't know. It maybe it'll. It doesn't have to stay on PlayStation forever. Maybe it'll come to Switch someday, and that someday is uh very soon. It turns out that's right. So when they uh released the first game today or yesterday, they also announced that Guacamelee Two will be coming to Switch in December, and that if you pick up the first game, you will receive a thirty percent discount on the sequel when that's released. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and the uh the first game is. Fourteen ninety nine, uh, which is you know totally worth it. Um, it's a great game. Uh, I've never played the Super Turbo Championship Edition of Guacamelee, which is just you know like some multiplayer stuff and like more characters and uh, just some extra challenges. Or I guess the, there might be more to it than that. I've not played it. Well, Guacamelee is kind of like a Metroid esque game, right? Yeah, it's a Metroid esque game, but with a lot more focus on like hand to hand combat. Um, and um, like your traversal abilities are sort of like folded into your combat abilities. So it all, you grow in both sort of simultaneously and like use one to do the other. Um, it's very cool. The game is very tight in that way. Whenever guacamole comes up, it always just makes me want uh, guacamole and chips. Oh yeah, it just makes me want to fight. Uh, Skybound Games has announced they have reached a deal with Telltale Games to continue development of The, fi- of the Walking Dead, the final season. Skybound tweeted that they hope they'll be able to get as many of the original devs on board to finish the story. Um, Skybound Games is, or Skybound is the company founded by Robert Kirkman, who is the author of the Walking Dead comics. And I'm assuming this is now the home of the Walking Dead comics somehow. Yeah, it is. Uh, like Skybound, when um, it's published by uh, Image. But uh, Skybound is like sort of his brand within Image. Gotcha. So like, um, you know, uh, uh, Invincible was un- under that uh, sort of banner, as was, um, oh, the uh, Demonic Possession series. What was that called? 
Do you remember what the series is called? No. It doesn't matter. Um, did they make it a TV show? They did, and it's oh. getting canceled. Oh. Um, Twas No Walking Dead. can't remember what it's called. Well, so this is the first game that Skybound is will be developing in-house. Um, they've acted as like a publisher for other games in the past. I don't really know how I feel about this. Um, my like gut in my like gut level reaction is I'm guess I'm glad the story's getting finished, but the whole thing just kind of seems off to me somehow. Well, I mean, there's there's like the human cost of it, which sucks that people who were working on this uh lost their jobs and maybe like sort of get their jobs back on like uh i mean i don't you have to imagine that skybound isn't going in being like we're gonna throw around all the money like there it's probably gonna be some sort of like conciliatory thing and like i almost have a hard time imagining i mean a job's a job so whatever but people going back to it right and also like telltale is like has to be profiting from this somehow right you know it actually kind of reminds me of so it was just announced that uh toys r us is coming back right so it's like they closed all the stores laid off all those people and then whatever uh uh investment firm owns the name toys r us restructured the debt or whatever and so are now like well we can squeeze more profit out of this so hey we're coming back and you know they're playing it up as like a nostalgia bit and they're like trotting Jeffrey out being like, he's traveling the world, but now he's coming back. Aren't you so excited? And it's like, no, you laid off thousands of people. Yeah. Restructured your debt and like are figuring out some other way to try to squeeze a buck out of Toys R Us. I'm uh, that's maybe I'm just bitter. (laughs) No, No, I think that's right though, because it means that the, uh, there's the there's a sort of fallacy that like the people in charge or the people who like put the money in are assuming like risk and like that's what they're that's like why we value them. Um, but then they get in these situations and then they're like, oh, it all failed. Um, but the people who pay the actually pay the price for it are the people who I've been exploiting the whole time and like I just get to restructure some things and start again at, with more money. And, yeah. like, not pay off my debts. I, I guess my only hope is that... <laughs> Maybe we are just better. <laughs> I guess my only hope is that if the uh, creators and the people who worked on The Walking Dead, the final season, and did not have a chance to finish the story, my hope is that if they want to go uh, and continue to work on it, that they have that opportunity. Because they are the people in this whole scenario that, like, I care about the most. I don't really care about gamers who like wanted to experience it and were left hang, you know, like would have been left hanging. Yeah. I mean, forgive the the crassness of this, but like there's something cool and romantic about a story that never got finished being told. Right. Especially like leading up to its finale. If that was the legacy of the walking dead that like, if we just had to be like, Oh man, what could have been, what could have been like, that's almost a more satisfying ending than like than one you can write is having to knowing that like real life tragedy befell um the the studio that was telling the story of a tragedy and again i know this is crass and we're talking about like real people's lives here um but like yeah i don't i don't care about uh someone who's like oh i gotta know how clem's story ends so i'm i'm hopeful for like the developers i hope it turns out well and i hope that this like um uh like launches them into like more success in the future but 
Do you think, let me ask you this, do you think this could be an avenue for Skybound to, like, do you think they're going to do this and be like, okay, and now we're done with uh, The Walking Dead developers? Or, like, do they start trotting out uh, the other Skybound properties and being like, okay, now we're going to do an Outcast. I remember the name of it by looking it up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Outcast or, like, do that uh, Manifest Destiny that Lewis and Clark fantasy series. Do you yeah, that? and that and that would be cool actually. Yeah. I think if um they have the opportunity to do that cuz why not? Yeah. Uh the free to play hero shooter Paladins will be getting gyro controls in an update next month for Switch. Developer High Res Studios made the announcement following through on fan requests. Uh gyro controls are something that uh like on Switch and also on like the Wii U that people want in all their games. Do in all their shooters like Doom yeah. was updated after the fact to include it. Uh, I think Wolfenstein uh, Two had it built in from day one. Um, I don't really use gyro controls, but uh, do I do. You feel yeah. strongly about it? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I don't know if I feel strongly about it. When I, I play with them frequently enough that now when I play a game that doesn't, which is anytime I play something on PlayStation or Xbox, um, I'm a, I'm always surprised that it's not there. Um, but it's not like, I don't use it as my like primary method of like swinging the camera around. It's always that like, here's just a, a, a tiny little bit more, uh, precision, um, to just fine tune those shots. Um, they could do it on PS4, couldn't they? I doesn't it have, doesn't the so? PS4 controller have a gyroscope in it? I mean, are we thinking of the, um, six axis? Yeah. The six axis definitely had gyroscopes in it. I don't, I don't know if I, I oh yeah, maybe it doesn't. Maybe anymore. it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, both Wall- the Wall Street Journal Japan and the American Wall Street Journal are reporting rumors of a new switch sometime in late 2019. But we shall say no more because we're going to be talking about this on Thursday. Yes, but needless to say, we've got some uh, thoughts, some ideas, and 100 degree percent accurate predictions. It's hard to get better than that. Uh, the January 2018 issue of Game Informer included a photograph of Mega Man in his costume from Mega Man Star Force. Uh, now that Mega Man 11 is out, it's evident that the costume is not in the game. Uh, the developer's commentary in the Japanese Rockman 11 production notebook explains, uh, quote, when there was still no design for the Tundra Man weapon, Mr. Uh, Ueda? Ueda created a shooting star style uh, that Star Force model as a placement as a placeholder during development. It seems the magazine journalist that came took a photo of it. Sorry for confusing fans. We blame Ueda. Which I think is cute for them to, <laughs> to blame uh, Ueda. Um, but I, I also think it's worth uh, talking about because it points out that uh, Mega Man has different costumes when he uh, equips new weapons, which by and large is not the case for uh, previous Mega Man games, that they would just sort of like change his coloring, his like the color scheme. Um, and like, they're all like that. All, he has different headgear and uh, like the actual arm cannon looks different when he has these weapons equipped. Um, so that's, I don't know. I, I think it's neat, a neat little like extra detail in these games. And uh, Mega Man Star Force is a real-time tactical RPG and we've not seen an entry in the franchise since uh, 2007. It was just two games. Um, so uh, not a hint that uh, Star Force is coming back <laughs> or anything like that. You ever play any of these games? No. I was reading about them earlier today. They don't look great. 
Uh, I didn't even know it existed. I'm surprised at how many like Mega Man spinoff type things there are. Tons of them. Uh, speaking of Mega Man, this week Capcom announced the development of a live-action film adaptation of the series, written and directed by Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman. There is a 0% chance. <laughs> zero degree chance. <laughs> zero degree percent chance. Yes, that's right. Zero percent chance that this is any good, right? Uh, yeah, live action Mega Man game. What does that even mean? No, Mega Man movie. Mega Man movie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, live action Mega Man game would make no sense. I mean, unless this is a hit, in which case you get one of those like the movie, the game, right? Type like, scenarios, like with Street Fighter. Yes, exactly. Um, also another uh, Capcom property. Yeah, probably no way that this could be good. Like what? There's not a lot of story there. No, and so there's no way that you're going to be able to make fans of the game series happy. And then for, I don't know, it just seems like a really bad idea. But so does this like live action Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. Just like, I'm exhausted just thinking about it. That's another thing I'm not sure I even know what it means. Right? Like, is Ben Schwartz just going to be running around in like blue tights and red shoes? Oh, I forgot that was Ben Schwartz. Uh, okay, so also this week uh, there was news that a Monster Hunter movie is in development from writer-director Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh, maybe best known at this point for his six-movie Resident Evil uh, saga. Yeah, some would call it a saga. Uh, which actually, that seems like a decent fit to me. Uh, tell me why. Because uh, I know uh, it seems like the stories in Monster Hunter are is very thin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this guy knows his way around cheap CG. So he, I mean, like, look, he's made these Resident Evil movies for, and that's associated with Capcom. Yeah. Right? They're clearly happy with that. So, yeah, he seems a, like a fine fit. Fair enough. Uh, this past week, a patent Nintendo filed with the U.S. Patent Office earlier this year surfaced. It's for a Game Boy-like case for touchscreen devices like a phone. So basically, you would like slide or either snap this device around it or like slide your phone into it. Um, it's like a rubber or plastic Game Boy-looking type thing that your phone sits in. And where the Game Boy screen would be is a cutout. Mm-hmm. So your phone's... Uh, screen would be showing and then the the buttons on it when you press the buttons would just be pressing on the touch screen yeah itself. onto the touch screen interesting um now there obviously since this is just a patent that's being filed we don't we don't believe that this is a necessarily a product that nintendo is going to put out right? right and honestly like rarely are things that uh patents get released for do they become products do you know yes. what i mean like yeah. we did we didn't see patents for the switch before the switch was released they usually keep that stuff to their vest right and then um you know the patents come out after the thing is revealed so to me this seems more than just like an idea that they wanted to patent versus a product that they are actively pursuing yeah and i think it may be one of those like uh protective patents because i've seen uh products like this um, for iPhones before uh, that are probably no one tried to get the patent on them because it is so similar to a the, Game Boy. A Game Boy, and so Nintendo might just be making it official to be like, no, yeah, we are asserting that we own that specific version of that idea. Totally. Um, just to keep other people from doing would it. Would you? Let's say this was real. Would you rather have this or Game Boy Classic Edition? 
Uh, that's a good question because you do always have your phone with you, and if you could play it without the uh, like the casing that snaps on, um, obviously that wouldn't be like the ideal way to do it. But like, I could still play Tetris like that, right? Right. Um, or I could still play Pokemon like that or something, and then it would have all of the like communication elements of it built into it. Um, like, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's better than a, a Game Boy Classic. Yeah. So I'm gonna I would still rather have the Game Boy Classic edition. And the only reason is just like, I, for some uh, unknown problem with my, just have like a mental block with playing yeah. games on my phone. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it for very long. And uh, I, I would rather have like an opportunity to put my phone down and pick up another screen that I can stare at. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's it does, the ideal to me. You're right though. It does feel different. Like, if I've been messing around on my phone too much, I'm like, uh, I can put it down and pick up the switch and play that. And it will feel like I'm doing a different activity. One that's like more, I don't like focused or directed or intentional. It's just different at least. It's just different. <laughs> nothing else. Uh, finally, Stardew Valley recently celebrated its first anniversary on switch. Uh, as part of that on Twitter, developer concerned Ape revealed the game's multiplayer update is currently in QA for switch which means we will hopefully hear about it soon. I am excited for that, Patrick, because I think it's a great opportunity for you to jump into the game and for us to check it out together. Um, I look forward to that, Mark. Let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. We kind of pulled that one out. Yeah, a little, I think a little bit of a tailspin there I at the think beginning. It was a little bit of a tailspin, and then we like leveled out, and then like started to gain altitude again, dipped a couple more times. But I think in the end, that was a good episode. And if you think this was a good episode, you should rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. I don't know why I left that one out. We're back in tailspin mode. It's just where we are. If you like this episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. That sort of stuff helps us out tremendously. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. The show is at Nincart Society. And the Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. And you better come back on Thursday. You better. Because we are going to be predicting with 360 degree percent certainty the Switch revision, including, uh, I don't know what I was going to say there, in- including, uh, all, all the details. They're all going to be right. If you're like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. If you like his music, you can get more by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying we got through this one. Thanks for listening. Fired.